Hello, this is Gary Van Wormerdam with the Awareness and Consciousness Podcast from PathwayToHappiness.com. This audio podcast is about faith and what you don't know about faith. This audio is taken from a talk I gave recently. And the gentleman I mentioned is Miguel, Miguel Ruiz, who's been my principal mentor on these issues. And his most popular book is The Four Agreements. And his recent release is called The Fifth Agreement. And we'll be talking more about that at a later date. There's a certain amount of faith required in showing up and knowing that you don't know. If you don't do it very often, or you want to speak in public, your mind can create all sorts of horrific scenarios of stage fright, and you become afraid. You become afraid because you picture in your mind what will happen, virtual reality, and then you're afraid of that virtual thing happening for real. It's what we do with faith. If we believe that's going to happen, we're afraid. We make ourselves afraid because we put faith in that scenario in our imagination. You know, the idea that faith is something that is a religious. What's your faith? We think, what's your religious doctrine? One definition of the term. Having faith is when you trust in the unseen. One way to define faith, I don't define it that way. Faith is a force. A force you use every day. And you probably don't know how you use it all the time. You know, when we believe something, we can make it feel true. Very true, very powerful, even if it's completely false. Extreme example for the woman who's anorexic. She looks in the mirror. She can be 70-some pounds. Cells starving in her body. And she sees not what's in the mirror. She sees what's in her mind, in the virtual reality belief system. And she says, that's my body. And she has faith that what she sees is real. And she puts her faith in it, and she feels that. And then she says, oh, I shouldn't look that way. My body shouldn't look that way. And she puts faith in that idea that her body's wrong. And she can create the emotion of shame. And now her faith is in the whole story of virtual reality. 
And because she puts her faith in there, it becomes powerful. And she creates the emotions of it. And so now she has emotional feedback that says, oh, even feels true. And counts the emotions that come out of this belief that she creates from a lie as evidence. Emotion is not evidence of truth. Emotion is evidence of where her faith is. And the more she believes it, the more power she puts into it, the more emotion she feels. And the more emotion she feels, the more it feels true, the more faith she puts in. Becomes a vicious loop because the assumption our emotions are telling us the truth. They're not. If we put our faith in a lie, emotions come out. If you put faith in the idea that you did something terrible, you're a bad mother, right? Something's going on with your kids. Oh, it's my fault. You put faith in that conceptual idea of a story, you feel guilt. Even if it's not true. But now you feel guilty. And you say, oh, now I know, really, because I feel it. And you put faith in that story, which is just a reaction story to the first story. Oh, and if I did that, and I, that was wrong, and I feel guilty, I'm a bad person. And if I'm a bad person, I put faith in that conceptual idea, and I create the emotion of shame. Faith invested in conceptual ideas that aren't even true. to create suffering. How many thoughts a day do we have? How many times do we just accept them as true? I'm too old to do something. Too late to start. That won't work for me. I can't do that. Oh, they'll think this or that of me. And we imagine it. We assume it's true. We accept it as having some validity. Our faith goes in that fast. Now feels true. Oh, don't go there. We'll be painful. Not the truth. All those ideas are just virtual. How easy is it? Let me ask you, how many fingers do I have up? Okay, now close your eyes. How many fingers do I have up? Open your eyes. Okay, again, close your eyes. How many fingers do I have up? You see the possibility of ideas in your head proposing themselves. A number. One, two, three, four, five. A number. 
a symbol in your mind to represent something that's real. Notice the temptation, the mind proposing a number, a symbol that represents what's real. The word, thought, one, two, three, four, five, is virtual. Language is virtual. Every thought in your head is virtual. It's a dream. It's not even real. But we put faith in what we think. We put faith in the conceptual ideas of our head that are at best, at best, just descriptions of what's real. The words you think, the ideas you have in your mind are not truth. At best, they're a close description. And every description you have of yourself that you accept as true blinds you like a fog, preventing you from seeing what you really are. And blinds you like a fog every time you have a description of someone else. You think of them, you say, oh, they're this way, they're that way, they don't do this, they don't do that. Opinion, judgment, description. And that tells you who they are. But it's not the truth of who they are. It's your virtual description that you see when you look at them. And as long as you have those ideas, conceptual ideas, you don't perceive them. You don't see what they really are. Just like when you have ideas of yourself, you don't see what you really are. The virtual reality in the mind, made of conceptual ideas, that we put faith in and make it very powerful. And then we react emotionally to what we created, to the conceptual ideas we put in our mind. I'm this way, I'm that way, my body's this way, my body's that way. And we feel good or we feel bad. It's an emotional reaction to what we perceive, but what we perceive is virtual. My friend Miguel, people would ask, Miguel, why are humans suffering? He would say, oh, because they know. That was the whole answer. <laughs> uh, what do you mean they know? Well, they have knowledge. That was the follow-up answer. Took me a while to look at it this way, to share this point of view that people suffer because they put faith in what they know, and what they know is not true. There's not one description, one word that you can say you are. There's lots of symbols of words that you might describe yourself with, and you might believe about yourself or someone else or the world. There's not one of those symbols that you can put faith in that's truth. It's a symbolic description, language. What happens 
we could say, in a return to love, in a return to happiness, is to be childlike. Childlike before we had knowledge, before we were inundated with a mind filled with ideas that fog us. The child looks and sees beauty. A childlike mind. But a child is naive. A child is naive. They don't know that knowledge can be a tool and how to use it. And they don't know how the whole virtual reality gets created and they don't know how to dismantle it. So we as children just accept all sorts of ideas about ourselves. All sorts of ideas about the world. We say, okay, this is the world. This is myself. This is another person. And we create in that whole virtual reality a working model to help us explain the world. Of course, when we get older, we find out at some point our working model doesn't work. Gosh, they're who I thought they were. The world's not the way I thought it was. I'm not what I imagined myself to be. I'm not behaving the way or having the success I thought I would in the world. Of course, our virtual reality doesn't match the real world. The result is disillusionment, midlife crisis, broken heart. And we blame the world. We blame other people. We don't notice that our working model is inaccurate. The working model that's so powerful and looks so real because we have so much faith invested in it. Then the challenge is unlearning. You won't find the truth in a book. You won't find the truth of what you really are in a book. In a book you have lots of words, beautiful descriptions but you won't see the truth. Maybe. Miguel's book's a little different. <laughs> because he's pointing out how we construct a whole virtual reality that fogs our mind. And in those books, he's not offering anything for you to believe. No conceptual ideas. What he's offering you is to be a skeptic. He's offering you to put attention on these beliefs. What's the thought that passes through your mind? What's the belief behind it? And then to take your faith out. To take the power that you put in that idea, that self-image, the opinion of someone else, of the world, <coughs> how the world should be, whatever it is. And you take your faith out of the fog. Divest from illusion. Disillusion yourself, but intentionally. And not with a broken heart. But to heal your mind. Then unlearning is the recovery of faith. 
from every conceptual idea until you know that you don't know. But you're not afraid of not knowing. Because to be afraid, you have to put your faith in a fearful story. But if you don't put your faith in a fearful story, that story can pass through your mind like a thought, like a movie that's entertaining. Like, wow, what a show. That's an interesting projection of a possible future for me. Okay, yeah, the financial market's crashing and I can end up on the street pushing a shopping cart. Wow. <laughs> what an amazing story. <laughs> wow. Will it happen? I don't know. But you see, I tell the story and you know I don't have any faith in the story. That thought has no power. You see, people talk about getting rid of, ne getting rid of negative thoughts and have to do it with negative thoughts. You know, negative thoughts are not the problem. Negative thoughts are kind of entertaining. Depending on your perspective, right? You know, the comedians are brilliant. You watch the comedians and they make fun of horrific things. They make fun of crazy politics and hypocrisy that other people are feeling sad and hopeless about because they have a different point of view. They make fun of a war. Same story. But they enjoy it. Why? Because they don't put any faith in it that it's terrible. Like we do from a victim perspective, right? Then the story is not the problem. Negative thoughts are not the problem. The problem is if you put your faith in a negative thought now appears real. Now you react emotionally to the power you put in it. And you feel unhappy. You know, as children, we didn't believe anything. We didn't know anything, and it wasn't a problem. Yes, life was simpler, we were looked after. Okay? Then we go from being naive and innocent into learning by experience, what happens when we put all our faith in these ideas and the consequences of how we feel? You could say, we're no longer in that Garden of Eden. We've eaten from the tree of knowledge and good and evil. All this knowledge is inside us because we've eaten from that tree. No, it's not sex. Okay, that apple is not sex. You know the whole story about Oh, sex is bad and that's the snake and now you're... That's a story. It's a conceptual idea. Not even true. But if you see people believe it, they have a big emotional reaction and guilt about sex. Just ideas. It's the ideas that we've eaten and digested and put our faith in. Because we've accepted them as true. Not the apple. Not sex. Anyways, it's just one example. Then we have that experience 
of falling into illusion by putting our faith. Now you know what it is to suffer. You know what it is to be unhappy. But in that unhappiness, you have an opportunity to realize at a certain point, enough. I know enough about suffering. I have enough knowledge to suffer really well. <laughs> I have enough opinions. I have enough judgments. Okay? Then the answer is not more knowledge. The answer is, what do you do with these ideas? What do you do? Do you put faith in them or not? And what happens if you take your faith out? And you take your faith out of everyone, every thought that passes through your mind. Even the ones that are, oh, I'm afraid of what will happen if I take my faith out of. You have to take your faith out of that one too. You don't know what will happen. The assumption of the mind is that it will be bad. It's a story. If you take your faith out of that story, you won't be afraid. You still won't know what will happen, which is the truth. But you know you won't be afraid. This is the mastery of faith. Because when you're not afraid, you're not afraid to love. You know that you won't create any story in your mind that makes you afraid. So, in this life, this journey, we ingest knowledge from that tree of ideas. And then we begin to wake up from that dream. And as you wake up, you take your faith out of all those ideas that are dreaming you, that are controlling your attention. And when you take your faith out, those ideas that create emotions and fears, those ideas don't control you or your attention anymore. And then you direct your attention the way you want. And of course, when you have all that awareness of all those ideas and how they can affect you, you choose very wisely what you believe and what you don't believe. And so in that awareness, you become wise. And a wise person will love. Not because they're supposed to, but it's a really smart thing to do. <laughs> it's the obvious choice. It's the common sense choice. But something you can only do after you take your faith out of those conceptual ideas, those opinions, those beliefs, we call knowledge. That aren't true just because they aren't true just because they're symbolic. Little dreams in our mind made of words. Then the path to love, happiness, that unconditional love that you live with resolve, with no doubt. Says, I know I'm going to be happy. Why? Because I control what I do with my faith. It happens because you unlearn, not because you read books and get, get ideas. What's different about Miguel's books? He's teaching you the importance of unlearning. 
He's not telling you what you should believe. Actually, not anything in there that you really should believe. He even says, no reason to believe me. Consider it. He's actually inviting you, and I'm inviting you, take your faith out of what you don't even know that you know. Faith you use every day. Faith you have right now about where your car is parked. Faith you have right now that your house will be there when you get home. Faith you have in what you look like, what your body's like. Faith that you have in how lovable or not lovable you are. And when you take all your faith out, you will have that faith within you. All that personal power will be within you. And you can put it in your love. And your love will be powerful. More powerful than any fear that could tempt you. Good luck. Well, hopefully this audio lends a little insight into the power we have of faith and what happens when we invest it into conceptual ideas in our mind. For practical steps and a step-by-step process for how to be more skeptical and take your faith out of those ideas, opinions, judgments, and negative thoughts in your mind and change your point of view I recommend the self-mastery course on my website as a step-by-step program to uh, recover your faith. You can also order my book, MindWorks, which is a guide to identifying and changing these negative thoughts, beliefs, and emotional reactions. This is Gary Van Warmerdam with the Awareness and Consciousness Podcast from PathwayToHappiness.com with little bits that you didn't know about faith.